Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm interviewing Anna Dutra. Anna is the Chief Executive Officer at the Executives Club of Chicago. So talk about the work of the World Leadership Conference that we're at here today and uh, what about that uh, has gotten you involved in, in the program. So let me give you some background on IWF, right? Um, 35-year-old organization, over 6,000 members worldwide, more than 50 countries represented. Those conferences are the catalyst for bringing a large portion of this membership together. In fact, Chicago, I should add, is a record-breaking conference on a number of areas. It is the largest IWF ever had. We had 900-plus women getting together for two days, discussing a number of important issues, 40-plus countries represented here. And so what that gives us is an opportunity to connect around the globe and uh, to really sit and discuss issues that are relevant and important for all of us. And I should add, it's not just women's issues. It is business technology, innovation, what, what are the big disruptors in the world, the trends, uh, economic trends, social, political trends. So we talk about all that, and then we take back to our own countries into our own forms, and we turn them into action there. So that's why they're so powerful, they're so relevant. So on the issue of, of women's leadership, what is the main thing that we can do today to transform culture, to be more inclusive of women in leadership positions? Well, uh, first of all, I do believe that we made huge progress in the last, last few decades, right? If you think about even the organization I run, the Executives Club, did not allow women until 30 years ago. Hmm. And now we have a 50-50 membership. Having said that, there's still a lot of work to do. I think that if we start with parity, and parity is black and white. I mean, you're either making the same amount of money as your male colleague makes in the same position, or you're not. If we also are deliberate about hiring women into our companies, and then the reality is that Many women leave the workforce when they start to have children because they don't know how to balance both ends, right? If we are actually more insightful, more empathetic, more compassionate about understands different needs of our employees, and I'm going to, to generalize because I don't think it's just about women anymore. I have several friends uh, whose husbands are stay-at-home husbands and have to make that choice because their careers, the, the female spouse careers, were taken off and theirs were not. And, but they, they wish they could have done both as well. But the moment we, we, we start to put more effort into those things, we are going to see more balanced, uh, more inclusive, and quite frankly, higher performance in many of the organizations that take the leaps. And some of them are. It's not, not like, oh, there's, there's no progress going on, going on anywhere. There is. Right. Well, Lean In just did a study that found that fewer women aspire to those executive leadership positions. So 
how do you think we can inspire women, younger women, to have those goals to be in that executive position? And then the other thing that Lean In found, this this new survey that just came out, is that as women are along the path to becoming executive leaders in corporations, they're falling off the path all along the way. Mm-hmm. What can we do to inspire women to want to stay with this and look at that as where they want to go? There's a concept that I use quite a bit when I'm when I'm in my mentor role, which is the concept of career beliefs versus career motives. Career beliefs are what we were taught since we were little about what we should aspire to, what we should want, what we should be. And in fact, there are many people, let's since we're talking gender here, many guys out there who were taught that to be successful and therefore to be happy, they should aspire to be CEOs and they become CEOs and they're miserable because that's not what they wanted to do. I wonder if in the women's case, there are so many that were taught from early childhood that what you should aspire to is is a great husband or um, is a great uh, white picket fence around your home and, and apple pies that they actually convince themselves that that's their ambition. If it is truly their ambition, great, more power to them. But if it's not, it is our role as the generation that is now mentoring, coaching, helping women to question, to say, are those your career beliefs or what are your career motives, right? And I, and I always say another thing, which is when people get to closure with their choices, they are happy. And throughout my life, I never stopped working. I have three wonderful daughters, super independent, of course, right? 21, 19, and 16 years old. And I lived at times in neighborhoods where I was the only mother who was an executive and who was traveling around the world and all that. And here's what I noticed, is that the women who had made the choice to be stay-at-home moms, And that's what they really wanted. They were happy with that. They didn't have any issues with me. The ones who had made that choice but really wanted to be me, then they were bitter. They were jealous. And I saw, by the way, the same thing in the workplace. Women who maybe wanted to be home with their children but had to work. They were bitter. They were cynical about work and all that because that's not what they wanted to do. So provided we do what we love, and I always said, I think I'm a, I was always a better mother because I worked, I would drive my kids crazy if I was just at home, then we are happier and we're better for others. That's, so that's my thing. Yeah, so it's finding ways to help us understand our choices. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've been very successful in your career, all the things that you've done in the executive positions that you've held. But what was the biggest obstacle that you've had in your career that you had to overcome? Biggest obstacle? I don't know if it's an obstacle, but it's um, certainly a challenge was working in so many different cultures at the same time. I opened businesses in more than 25 countries, right? And actually taking a step back in appreciating the differences and thinking, how do I work not only just through them or or against them, but with them? That is the hardest part. I also think if we look at a more personal, on a more personal level, it was probably when 
my three daughters were young and my husband, he's a surgeon. So he was in the residence program. So I could not count on him. Many times he was called for emergencies and he was on call. And I was exactly in this super accelerated period of my career where I had to deliver. I had to, to learn how to manage people, travel and all that. So I, I remember situations that I think, wow, if somebody told me before, you are going to be in this in this position with three little kids and the and juggling all this pressure in the mess, I would say, no way. And now when I look back, I say, oh my God, how did I do that? That was crazy. <laughs> so those were probably the most challenging times, but it, by all means and angles, it paid off. Mary Beth. Yeah, no doubt. I've had those same situations myself where my husband and I are like, what are we going to do? I can't do it and you can't do it. What are we going to do? So how do you think that we can capture more attention and effective action around women's leadership issues? What are some of the things that you're championing? Well, first of all, it's exactly doing what you're doing, right? Devoting your life and putting your time and effort to learn through other people's experiences. Because one thing that happens very often is that people look at us and we're all put together and in control and they think, oh. Our life, her life must be really easy, right? Look at that, makeup on and all that. Little do they know the things that we were doing in the middle of the night or, or putting makeup or, in my case today, juggling from place to place and changing shoes in between. It's actually to be real. It's actually to be able to have conversations, peer conversations and say, listen, it is not always easy. It is wonderful at the end, and it's very fulfilling, but it's not always easy. Sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes I think that I do the right thing. Are my kids going to turn out right? Am I going to be fired? So there are so many things we go through that people don't see when they see our facade. There's one thing that I use a lot with my daughters. When they are feeling insecure or their self-esteem is shattered by for any reason. And uh, they'll say, well, mom, but everybody else, I just had this conversation with my middle one who is in pre-med and she said, everybody else gets chemistry. I look at them in the classroom and I'm the only one. I say, listen, you have to remember constantly that we see other people's outside with our inside. Mm. Our inside might be full of fear, might be full of apprehensions, might be second-guessing ourselves. But what we don't know is whether that person's outside that we're looking at and looks so confident, if his or her inside is just like yours. So don't make assumptions. And I think the more we have those conversations, and we, we can be transparent, we can be vulnerable, we can be honest, the more we help other women out there. Yeah, I think confidence is one of the biggest issues. I see it with my daughter. I've felt it myself. 
And I hear it from all of the women that I talk with at some point in their lives, they had a real crisis of confidence, which could have sort of derailed the career even like, well, this person or this happened, or I'm not good enough, or I don't get chemistry or whatever it is. It seems to hit us hard. And what have you done to overcome in situations where you felt, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Or should I be doing this? And then you, how do you get back up and say, yeah. So, so first of all, that's documented, studied, and is in books, right? There is the the so-called imposter syndrome. Yes. And the imposter syndrome is actually more prevalent and more common in women, right? And I, and I read everything about it, and then you start to see that, oh my God, Barbara tries and thinks she cannot sing and gets nervous before <laughs> stepping stepping into a concert. And the people who we think are like the top of their game, we admire them so much, they are going through the same confidence crisis that we are we are going to, through. So so first of all, I try to you ask me what I do. I try to remind myself of that. I use all the techniques in the book because I speak so frequently to hundreds and sometimes thousands of people. And I think you know what? I do all the things. I imagine them naked. I, <laughs> I make faces at myself in front of the mirror before getting up there. But, but I think that most important is on a day-to-day basis. If you are put in a, in a position of high responsibility, is to keep reminding yourself that you were given that role for a reason. You were given that role because you have relevant experience, because you're bright, because people trust you. And if everybody around trusts you, it's not fair to you not to trust yourself. So think about that. If everybody around me trusts me, and in fact, this IWF conference is a great example. If I had all these women around me trusting me that I could do a great job as the chair of the conference, and many times they said, oh my God, this is a beast. Can we pull it off? You have to trust yourself. You see, even if it is just for the sake of not disappointing others, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is wonderful. And thank you very much for sharing your insights today with the Female Insight Zone. I really appreciate it. And this is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.